the Westwood One Podcast Network. You ever think about quitting? It's the combat of life, hammering the snot out of you. Well, stand by, dig in deep, and get ready to get fired up with us. Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off. And to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, Buttercup, and let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative insurgency up, in their man. lives. You fire me up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. USA, 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 USA. There's always like in my mind some kind of limit. Like you only do three, then you taper off. What about you? I mean, do you just keep going? How long do you go, Wizard? How long do you go, Marcus, with the USA chants? I've got USA chanting in my head 24-7. Mm-hmm. Wow. Did you hear that? God bless America mm-hmm. and everything it's she on stands a deep, for. deep track. <laughs> I'm continuous... Well, once I get, Loop. if I get fired up enough to, to get into that, yeah, that, that part of it, yeah. then I'm usually the last guy up. You, like you'll stay in it until it. Hey, you remember them days, right? When I, <laughs> so I, I'll take it to the different, hey, my buddies too, man. Like I like to heckle. You're pretty, a heckler. I'm a heckler pretty, pretty bad. Right. But not the loud. Do, do you heckle at your kids games? Like Axis games? No, right? no, not oh, kids. Okay. No, I don't mess around with, no. <laughs> at uh, Hunter's uh, games? Yeah, college. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not the loud one. Like I like to go to like. Damn it, here comes that Marcus. Yeah, I'll go over to the baseline. (laughs) (laughs) But but what I do is I I cheer. I talk. Imagine being heckled by Marcus. (laughs) Like a 16-year-old kid on first base. (laughs) And and there's Marcus, arms crossed, tats player, like, hey. Hey, bada, 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 bada. Yeah. Hey, ben, ben. Hunter, my uh, my oldest son, he he he's a state champion in baseball. Yeah, awesome. And so I, at the games, right? My heck, like I don't put it down on the kid. I I throw my like I motivate my team, Hunter, and, and the That's way I cool. way I talk to them yeah. is just probably terrifying to the. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget one time it was uh, this uh, something. Oh, Hunter was batting right, yeah. and the pitcher threw one in and cranked him right in the leg or something yeah. like that. And everybody and oh, everybody, like, yeah, and it got real quiet. Yeah. Of course, everyone looked over at me, and I was like, "Ah, oh, that's all right, shake it off. Don't worry about it, son. You know, you get worse. You get hit harder at home." <laughs> 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 yeah, I stood over my arm. I was like, "Oh, worry, man, it gets harder. Hit harder than that at home." And everybody just kind of stopped for a second and then laughing. You People know, were like scooting right? down the bench. <laughs> and Hunter looks over. Yeah, you know, Hunter. I was talking to him. Right. Yeah. So he yeah. kind of just shakes it off, gets up, cranks uh, one out. But grand slam. I mean, no, he was on fire, man. Uh, Good on you, Hunter. Team, man. Yeah, that team, man. I was so Dave proud of them. Team. And his coach was awesome. Yep. But let's go back to the USA champ and the power of that. I mean, it's in Wizard 24 7 around the clock, deep inside, but it's there. 
I remember the first time being overwhelmed with it was in the 1976 Olympics. That's when the first time it really registered for me. And remember, it was the 1900s? decathlon. Did you say 1976? Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm, dude, I'm... I was one. Yeah, bro. I, I, yeah, I'm a little older than you guys. How old were you? So you're like three? No, I was 72. I was uh, four years old. Okay, so you're old four. Enough. How do you remember the Olympics? Oh, that's old enough, four? yeah. Hey, I, re- hey, you go, I, I was re- thinking the same thing too, man. Kids, axe, Addy, you'd be surprised with them. I, they can throw I, up from when they were Four years one. old is infant amnesia is supposed to end in your threes, right? Four years old when your first real memories are sparse, supposed to be imprinted, and that's where you can recall to. For me, because hmm. I was so ingrained in athletics. I mean, my mom was state champion tennis player. I mean, we all I did was play sports. That's it. So this was like the pinnacle for me. And I remember it was Bruce Jenner mm. went in the decathlon. It was Mark Spitz. And, and I just remember the fanfare and my parents going nuts over it and, and what, and like, Oh my God. And, and then the next big one for me was the 84 Olympics with Carl Lewis. Right. And Edwin Moses. Yeah, and, I remember when it- that big, was, big deal. It, and it started building, and and you and oh, I, actually, the eighty Olympics, the eighty Winter Olympics was the eighty hockey, and that was one of the biggest memories. Miracle, the miracle, miracle on ice. ice, and and remember the chanting for those boys as they faced mm-hmm. the Russians. Oh man, that was epic. Even if you're not a hockey fan, man, that was that was great. Well, uh, the greatest, Carl Lewis and Michael Johnson. Oh, every year there's an amazing. Remember incredible Dan and Dave. Who? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Dave, 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 that was huge, too. Absolutely. Uh, Usain Bolt. I mean, I mean, the, the list is... Hey, when he came across that line and smiled at the... Oh. Like, and they were like a second and a half behind him. Different level. Whole different level. Jackie joined a cursey, so, man. And we got girls. someone... Remember the fingernails, boys? Oh, she come ripping through there. Everything about her. Man, a lot of those. Right. But you're watching those athletes, those Olympians, man, run and, and do all they do. It makes you feel alive, right? Like, I feel like I want to go run. proud. It makes you feel inspired to go work out. It makes you feel to be better. It's, you're actually on the same team. That's the great part totally. about it, man, is that you're on, oh. that, you're on their team. Well, Even if you story. don't play that sport, man, it's because it's an American thing, right? So you, you're, of course, you're rooting for him, man, because we're on the same team. I don't know. I'm not playing, but I'm over here cheering for you. And I got a story for you, right? So I, I, I went to this private school up in Connecticut for fifth year, and the guy I met there was captain of our football team, captain of the uh, lacrosse team, captain of the hockey team. Nobody in his family had ever gone to college, no nothing. He sees this game. He says, Dad, I want to play hockey. He gets so good, he gets accepted to this private school, right? Becomes captain of the team, gets recruited by Harvard, goes to Harvard, graduates from Harvard, is the captain of the Harvard hockey team, wins the national championship, and ends up getting uh, a tryout with the Rangers. All from that, watching that U.S. Olympic sport. That's the power of it. That's the um, man, power. those athletes have, they change lives. Look at, like, Simone. Uh, just, oh. the, here, here's, a, here's one of the coolest parts about where I grew up, man. Bella's gym is down the road from me. They're neighbors. And he is out in the middle of podunk nowhere. Is he really? To, screaming? You'd have to be lost to, be, to get there. You had to be lost to get to my house. All <laughs> That's right? true. So I, Morgan and I and everybody, we, would, we trained out there. So I would run past uh, his gym on the long runs. On the long runs. Yeah. And, uh, Which was like a mile. Yeah, you know, a little under, maybe. <laughs> hmm. 
And, uh, man, it was motivating. You're working out and just knowing that was the champions are down the road. The greatest in the world. Greatest in the world, man. Train out of that, that place. And that's the beauty of the Olympics, too. It's, it's a world sport. And the best people from every country, whether you're on the Jamaican bobsled team or you're from Mozambique, and you're an Olympic sprinter or something. I It doesn't matter. That's the beauty of it, right? It's from all over the world. And it's the one place I feel like we can really let go of all the politicism, all of the, you know, anything. And sport becomes the way we communicate. And it's pure. It should be. I mean, in a perfect world, it'd probably be the way we should fight. That would be pretty cool. You know, right? It's like, yeah. I mean, the, huh. the, we got problems with them. We're going to whip your butt on a football field every year. That would be cool. That's, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? I love it. Mm. You know what else would be pretty cool, I think, is if uh, before we get into that, we talk a little bit about what it might be like to wake up pain-free. In fact, I can't even remember the last time I felt that. We talk about it all the time, Marcus, Wizard, and I, as well as... Tons of my other buddies that have been in the teams or special operations. It's just something we can't even remember what that feels like. Now, and instead of, you know, the walking into a, a hospital or doctor's office in VA and getting prescribed a, a handful of opioids, which lead to addiction and all kinds of problems, uh, we've got a solution for you. BioWave is a life-changing, non-opioid, effective way to block chronic and acute pain. Man, this stuff is, this this device is unbelievable. In fact, 85% of the people who use BioWave experience significant reduction in pain from just one 30-minute treatment. One 30-minute treatment and you're becoming, you're on the path to salvation. Proven effective over 15 years, used by more than 80 VAs, active duty military units, hell, our brothers in the SEAL teams, and most NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball teams out there are using this thing. BioWave is VVA recognized, VA prescribed, FDA cleared, and made in the good old U.S. of A. Now listen, if you're one of us, if you're a veteran, or you're even active duty military, and you do not want to go to the VA to get prescribed another handful of pills you don't want to risk it you got too much going on in your life and you're just sick of the pain because this happens day in and day out we hear it from people our brothers all the time through the show if you want a safe non-opioid and effective way to help manage your pain please go to biowave.com and learn how to get treatment at no cost brothers no cost Visit BioWave.com. You can read some insane testimonials, some incredible things from our our veterans, active duty military, sports people, and everybody else, as well as get into the science of how this works, because it's really the science that separates this device from everything else. BioWave is designed to block pain at the source and is like nothing else out there. Visit BioWave.com, smarter pain blocking technology. So the woman we got coming on now, I, I think she fits in to that realm of inspirational Olympic athletes of all, the, some of the most inspirational in, Olympic athletes of all time. I remember watching her in London in 2012 at 17 years old and doing what she did and having my mouth wide open. But the most incredible part about Missy for me is 
who she is as a person, right? The energy she brings to a room, the humility, the excitement, how she engages with people. She's, she's infectious. Do you guys agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you were just talking about how inspirational it can be to watch Olympians perform, but going beyond that, the whole element of her performance in Rio, which was disappointing, I think she would admit that, but the way she handled it on the world stage was next, that was next level. Oh, that's, what, that's, that's what separates so them. That's what champions do, right? That is what champions do. Because athletes inspire us by what they do. It's the marvel in how good they are at that particular sport. Or when they come off the line, right, and they inspire you when they open their mouth and they can, It'd be, you know, be awesome to see if because swimming is such a, a sport that you have to well, all the Olympic sports are really man but right. in the pool early and as inspirational as outgoing as bubbly as she is man it'd be her her other life what she does swimming is part of that a very much a part of that man but to inspire people outside of your sport that's how you know you're dealing with a, a special person a champion mm. yeah mm-hmm. so we got to introduce Missy Franklin right I don't want to get ahead yeah, of myself because it's probably what two three Three, three people, people out there that don't know who, who, don't she, know is. who she is. Maybe Let's three. do a real quick rundown. Um, born uh, Pasadena, California, but I believe she spent most of her time growing up in Colorado and her swimming career. Went to the University of California, and where she was four-time NCAA champion between 2012 and 2015. But let's back it up a little bit because she got started swimming in the Olympics even earlier than that. Her debut, which you referenced earlier, was in 2012. That was in London. Badass. At the age of 17, where she knocked out five gold medals. Four. Five medals, four gold. Excuse me. Five medals, four gold. Setting world records in the 200-meter backstroke for the long course, which still stands, as well as the world record for the 4-by-100-meter medley relay on the long course. And she holds two more American records in the 100-meter and 200-meter backstroke. I remember that backstroke swim. I didn't oh. know who she was. I remember when she was crushing it, they were screaming her name. I, yeah. I was actually walking back and forth in front of the TV. Uh, I was at Exos. Yeah. And, uh, man, we all the, all the boys, all the athletes, everybody, yeah. they were all staring up at the thing, man, and she just... Crushed it. Crushed people. Destroyed. Yeah. I remember watching that in the casino in Panama City. Don't tell me that, dude. Mm-hmm. You're derelict. What were you doing? In- Never mind. I was getting paid. Oh, check. That's awesome, so man. There's, there's like three or four of us in this casino in Panama <laughs> watching this. Nobody else would give a shit about watching the Olympics down there, right? Right. Except for these three insane Americans that are just making a huge scene <laughs> yelling and screaming just at the TV. Just enough people to go, U-S-A. U-S-A. four of you go, I told you. I told you. It doesn't matter. Comes out. Um... All right, so after all, and after all that, she eventually turns professional in 2015. Now, she went to the Rio Olympics, of course. That's a whole other story. The, you know, her performance there was, as we said earlier, it was, her response to that was, was world-class, right? Let's, let's get around and talk to her. U-S-A! 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 <laughs> USA, USA. Now I, I like, I know Marcus, dude. I'm, I'm one of those Olympics dudes. Like I see it, I, I stand up. I'm, I'm screaming at my TV. I'm sweating profusely. I'm wearing my red, white, and blue, and I get overwhelmed with this, the, the pride. Not only the pride, 
but really the beauty of the competition, man, because there are no other places left, I believe, on the planet where there's a purity of competition that brings out the best in the human condition. I think it's one of the only times where you sit down and and you lose track of what you're watching, the sport, right? It's, uh, Time, I know the that sport, doesn't make it doesn't sense. matter. Yeah, it doesn't make sense when you say it out loud, but, man, I'm watching my my teammate out there compete against everybody else, right? And you just want him to win, and that's that's the energy. It's the pure energy, yeah, yeah. right? And it's that connection. So, the, yeah, right. And it's purest form, right? Because you got bas- everybody's a fan of something. But when the Olympics roll around, man, you're a fan of the Olympics. So oh, I'm a fan of the uh, of badminton. I'm a fan of weightlifting. I'm a fan of everything. But but one of the, one of the greatest things that. I got to tell you is, is, is this woman that's on with us today and, and there's multiple reasons and, and I'm going to quickly say this bef- and I got to flatter you, Missy, just before I bring you on, but, but because you, you, not only are you a, one of the most unbelievable competitors I've ever witnessed in my entire athletic life, which started at three years old myself, but also the way with which you carry yourself the positivity you bring to not only the sport, but to people and to your gracious, your humility, but it's just the energy you possess. It translates across all levels. And it is just an incredible honor and privilege for Marcus and the wizard and I to have you on with us. So welcome to the show, Missy. Wow, I cannot thank you enough. All of that means the absolute world to me. I'm so, so stoked to be here with you guys today. It is an <laughs> honor to be talking with you guys. It's funny, we're and for our listeners out there, you know, finding guests for this show is we really make a, a concerted effort to spread it across all demographics, all concepts, all professions, everything, because that's what uh, we need is we need to understand how people summon up the never quit mindset. So as you can imagine, you're always focused on trying to bring an Olympian in because of, of the, yeah. the purity of that. And, and, and I'm sitting with my buddy Lex McMahon uh, a few weeks ago, right, Marcus? And, and I'm just like, I, I can't find an athlete. I, can't, I would love to have a, an Olympian. And he's like, oh, dude, my buddy's like good friends with Missy Franklin. Would she be cool? And I was like, what? Where you been on that? Dude? <laughs> so it, it, obviously it came through. So I want to, I want to just thank the, everybody that involved us getting to you, Missy. And thank you for making time for us. Perfect. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited that it worked out. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Now here's the deal. Now I just like any sport activity, just like any what, Marcus? Any, any warm up? Anything you got to do when you get out of bed and go do? Yeah, to to get the, yeah. to get the body to go, the brain going. Especially, we got to do a little warm up, Missy. So what we do is we do some we do something called the Mad Minute. Now in our world, in the in the special operations and intelligence world, you you do a Mad Minute when you bring like you capture some guy on an assault on a target. You give him this quick Mad Minute to yeah, get this. Yeah, this all sounds really familiar to me. Yeah. Absolutely. It's but exactly yeah. what you deal with every time you got to go in. Uh, as soon as you fi- finish the biggest race of your life and they shove a camera and microphone 
That's the best part, right? It's like, Jim, run up in there. I can't catch my breath. Hard enough to get O2 in here already. All right. Put that microphone. They need to put like a cannula on that thing, right? At least. That's the sympathy for the athlete while I'm over here hyperventilating because I just put out my soul to win this thing. Right? I, I actually yell at the camera when they're doing that. I'm like, look at this dude. Come on, man. She's got. Give her a break, man. Yeah. Give her a break. All right. All right, well, this guy, you ought to see. They, they, you imagine they did that when we swim. I come out of the water, I got snot hanging everywhere. I mean, it's a put out evolution, too, man. Oh, I, I, you know I hated, hated people. That. I had a hatred for uh, people when I got out of the ocean. <laughs> if you got near me, I was gonna, I would have stabbed you yeah. in your throat. Get away from me. I just got my butt handed me for the last, I don't know, eight and a half hours. I, I'm not letting a human do it. No chance. No. All right, Missy, are you ready for the mad minute? I am so. So ready for the mad minute. All right, Marcus. I feel like I was born for this. Like, this is what I was made for this minute right here. This is the culmination of your entire career is the mad minute, right? Exactly right. All right. This is is what I've been training for. This is it. (laughs) Like, this is the moment. I'm going to need it. Right. (laughs) That moment, right? When it all comes together. All right. What was your first car? My first car was a Toyota 4Runner. He was silver, and his name is Blake. Did you say Blake? Yeah. Why, why did you choose the name Blake? I was going to say, we get into that. That could be a whole conversation right it's, there. Uh, it's, it's a little embarrassing, but every Blake that I've ever met in my entire life has been very, very attractive. Has been and silver and Japanese. And I just thought my car was very attractive. <laughs> so I went with Blake. That, that's genius, by the way. That's genius. Starting to run through all the Blakes we know now. <laughs> all right. All right. Wizard, throw one out, bud. Okay, give us one. Give me, give me one person that you admire for their physical ability, and one person you admire for their mental ability. Oh my gosh, one person I admire for physical ability. Um, that's so top. There's so many. So um, I have gotten to know a lot of Paralympians over the years, awesome. and in my hmm. mind, the Paralympics are just one of the most inspirational things you could ever watch, Amen. ever witness, and so. I just, there's so many Paralympians that I've met that have been through so much in their life and have, you know, you talk about never quit. I mean, a Paralympian is literally the definition of never quitting. So I've gotten to know some of them really well. Um, People who have had these unbelievable accidents happen to them and go on to become multiple world record and gold medalists. And it's just, I I honestly could pick one because I think they're all just so special in what they do and the way that they've chosen to live their life and and fight for it. You know, when a lot of people might've, might've taken a different option. That, that is a great answer, man. That is an epic. How about mentally? Oh, mentally. Um, honestly, it's, it's silly and it's cheesy, but it's my mom. I mean, that's cool. The absolute best. And I, I can't even imagine growing up. I mean, she was working full time as a family doctor. She worked with people with special needs and she was exhausted every day when she got home, but she would never act like it. And she would pick me up at, you know, four in the morning, take me to you know, work out, drop me off at school, go to work, pick me up, take me to work out after school, bring me home, make dinner and just repeat. And she never, ever let it show. And she was so supportive and is is amazing. And uh, I think if I've gotten older, I've started to have a greater appreciation for her and everything that she's done for me. So I'm, I'm hoping to be half the mom that she is one day to my own children. Well, that's the start right there is just the recognition of how awesome she is and, and that influence and a allowing it to come through you. All right. 
If you yeah. could be a professional athlete in any other sport, what would it be? Beach volleyball. Awesome. Awesome. Beach Hands down. Yeah. Hands down. Very cool. I can't run in general, let alone on the sand. So I would make a fool out of myself, but I think it's amazing. And Carrie Walsh Jennings is one of my Olympic role models. So for sure, beach volleyball. I love that woman. You know, Marcus can't run worth a squad anyway. No, can't. You can't. It's, you it's, suck it's at running. well-known fact that I cannot run. At all. <laughs> I don't even like talking about it. I'm right there with you. Uh, yeah. Right, right there with you. All right. A movie character you'd like to play out in real life. Oh, movie character I'd like to play out in real life. Um, Maverick from Top Gun. Oh, <laughs> he was cool, right? Super was, cool. He was cool. Man. Super cool. <laughs> oh, dude, I know you ride a motorcycle down like, the flight line. He's legit. Well, all right. So <laughs> question for you. I don't know if anybody's been watching the news, but some Russian jet did a flyby on one of our stealth planes or something. And all I could think about when I heard the story was that the pilot gave our pilot the international symbol the of hello. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering about that. <laughs> is, that yeah. is that Tristan? Yeah. Did you think yeah. the same thing? Yeah. Oh my God! I got you. I what got were you, you doing up there? Foreign relations. <laughs> Foreign relations, right here, buddy. All right, yep. wizard, fire away. If you could be president for a day, give us one thing that you would do. Let's just, let's just assume. I know if you could be queen of the United States. <laughs> oh, interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll eliminate all the you know limitations on the executive branch for a day. What would you do? Um. Oh my gosh. Okay. I don't want to get too political because I never really like getting into that too much, but that ain't um, I, I don't know everything. I don't know everything about it and I wish that I knew more. Um, but my dad works for clean tech open and he's very passionate about the environment and working for our planet. So hmm. I would try and figure out a way to reconcile the Paris agreement and figure out a way to make that benefit everyone that's a part of it. Um, so that we can do what we can right now to save the, the future of the only home that we have. I love that. That's a okay. great answer right there. <laughs> I think that's the first like legitimate answer we got. Matt, uh, of, of, we had a guy on Matt Best who's a former <laughs> Always Army Ranger, is a big social media guy, and he's got a bunch of YouTube videos. And he said, I'd, I, if I was president for a day, I would create an international incident. And I don't know what that meant, <laughs> but you're the first one who actually gave us a legit answer. I love it. Hey, what are what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I, you don't know with Matt. That's the no. Crazy he went thing. on to specify that he would sleep with Putin's wife. Ah, that I forgot that it was that detailed. That yeah, seems that's a second reference to Russia and international relations. We're gonna go for three. I would also, you know, like go bowling in the White House. That's that cool. Seemed, you know, you know, a, a little bit more secondary to the important stuff. <laughs> I, I think it's right up there. Right, that's a memory. <laughs> Did you bowl in the White House when no, you went? No, no, not yet. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You'll be there soon, dude. Yeah. All right, go for it. All right. Would you you, gotta, re- do it. you gotta get a strike for us. Oh, well, I'll video it. it. I'll send one of the balls through the ceiling. <laughs> 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 you know, I'll make it memorable. <laughs> Marcus will be the first person in history to dent the White House bowling floor. <laughs> go for it, bro. All right. Would you rather always lose or never play? Oh, good one. Oh, always lose. Yeah. For sure. Wow, that was Absolutely. a great question, dude. When did you huh. pull that one out? <laughs> I was thinking about it. There's that fine divider between what we have to do and what everyone else does, and I was just wondering what, what that would be, man. I, you know, always in the 
fight, right? Yeah. yeah. I, that is a great question, yeah. dude. I'm writing that one down. I'm going to steal that one I next would say, time. I would say always lose because I don't do what I do to win. I do what I do to learn. And I learn more when I lose. Well, and you love Amen. it, right? It's not a win and losing. Yeah. And that, that's kind of the unique thing about us, too, man. It wasn't a because we, we never trained for losing. No, I never thought about it. I mean, like in, our, in my mind, we didn't we didn't lose. And me being known for the yeah. only seal that's been had his ass with, <laughs> it's bitter irony. But never, that's not the point. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> Love is blind. That's where I'm going. <laughs> Great point. Oh, that's why I love you so much, brother. I love. All right, all right, all right. You're 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 on the starting blocks of the next Olympics. You had to choose between two artists to listen to. You two or Katy Perry? Who's it going to be? It's going to be Katy Perry. Yeah, I love it. I'm trying to make the transition. <laughs> Note that you're the only one that cheered for that. Well, no, because I have two mm -hmm. little girls. And they're into that kind of pop music, and I'm trying to make the transition. To embrace it, huh? I have to. Otherwise, I'm the. I, un I just love something fun. Like yes. anything that makes me want to dance, that's the kind of mood I need to be in before I compete. So as long as I have something like that, I'm set. Well, one of my favorite things that I I, I saw about you and that I heard you say was, you said someone asked you. What, what do you do right before you start on the block? And you said, I smile. And I just thought that was so wonderful to hear. And, and that's the whole <laughs> essence of why we do anything, right? For that joy and passion. Yeah. I, I really did. Why is that, Missy? Why, why is it that you smile? What does that do for you? Um, you know, for me, it helps me keep things in perspective. That, you know, whether I'm smiling before the most important race of my life, at an Olympic Games or whether mm -hmm. I'm smiling before, you know, a really hard practice that I'm going to have, you know, it just helps remind me that, you know, I do this because I love it and because I want to inspire people. And if I'm out there having fun, like that's, that's what's going to be inspiring to people. I'm going out there and fighting and doing my best. And, and that smile always just reminds me that like, I'm, I'm so loved and I've had so many blessings throughout my entire life. And, it's just swimming. It's something I love and it's something I care about, but it's not something that defines me as a person. And I, I love it with all my heart, but it's, it's me. So I'm just going to go have fun with it and see what I can do. Amen. <laughs> Amen to that. I, I love that. You know what? I, I think that's a great place to end the mad minute. Thank you very much. But before <laughs> we move on, I, I just have to bring this up, right? If anybody out there's like me, you've been wearing the same uniform for the past 20 years, right? I've got my oh. Converse on, I've got my cutoff BDU uh, tire stripes and and my my holy brown tee from, from Buds, man, and it just ain't cutting it. Just ask my girlfriend. Well, guess what? There's a solution for guys like us out there that are struggling, that are working our butts off, who hate going to malls. I don't even know if malls exist anymore. Do they, gents? Well, we we've got a solution at stitchfix.com. Now, Stitch Fix is an online personal styling surface service that finds and delivers clothes, shoes, and accessories to fit your body, your budget, and your lifestyle, which is nuts like mine, right? Just go to stitchfix.com slash TNQ, tell them your sizes, what styles you dig, mine is tactical, by the way, and how much you want to spend on each item. You'll be paired with your very own personal stylist, 
I'll probably have to go through 10 of them, but we'll find one for me, I guarantee it, who will handpick items that they will be sent right to your door. Think about that, right to your door, where you then pull it out, try it on, and you pay only for what you love, and then return the rest. Shipping exchanges and returns are always free, always free. They give you labels, the bags, everything. There's no subscription required. You can sign up to receive scheduled ship- shipments or get your Stitch Fix whenever you want. Stitch Fix's styling fee is only $20, which is applied toward anything you keep from your shipment. Easy day, right? Now, here is the deal. If you get started right now, today, at stitchfit.com forward slash TNQ, and you will get, get this, 25% off when you keep all the items in your box. That's 25% off when you keep all the items in your box. That's stitchfix.com slash TNQ. Get started today. I'm telling you, you won't be sorry. Your loved ones won't be sorry because finally, finally, you will have some style. All right. Now, on a serious note, here's the deal. We, you, you know, the reason why we do this show, Missy, is is for really the the meat and potatoes. Obviously, um, you know, we, we've had some incredible stories and guests on before. And our listeners are here because there's a lot of people, as you know, I'm sure you get inundated with fan mail and and people reaching out to you and telling you that I, I was going through this. I saw an interview or I saw your performance and it it sparked something in me that that made me want to change my life. And and that really is the whole essence of why we're doing what we're doing. And so if you could, please share your greatest never quit story or stories with our listeners so they can gain some just profound insight from, you know, the incredible person that you are. Thank you. Um, That means a lot. I, I think mine might be a little different, um, especially, you know, considering my career and what I've had. But I think my greatest never quit moment has been in the time of failure and not success. Um, Mm. I've learned so much over the past almost 10 years that I've been on the national team. I started on the national team when I was 13 and, and I've traveled to 22 plus countries and and seen the world because of this thing that I love so much. And it's, it's incredible, but you know, it's hard when you're 17 years old to come out on the scene and have the best meet of your life and, you know, have it be in Olympic games and have everyone know you for that. And I was so grateful for it, but coming into my second games, to have that kind of pressure was, was really unbelievable. Um, at just 21, you know, feeling all these expectations of, of having to be better than I was and having to bring that same personality to the table and still be the shining star. And almost as if I hadn't gone through anything in the past four years, like it was almost like I should have been able to just right back up again. And, and so I definitely, I think that was really, really hard. And, and so I, I trained harder than I've ever trained before in my, my life and, you know, trials. Um, I didn't make the team in all the events that I wanted to, and that was already very emotional and, and getting to Rio, it was, that was my never quit moment was just swimming at Rio because I knew that I did everything I possibly could to be prepared for that moment. And for whatever reason, I knew that I wasn't going to be where I needed to be to still go out there and to still fight and to still give my best knowing 
that I felt like I was going to be disappointing people, disappointing myself, disappointing my family, disappointing my friends with my results. Like that was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. But it, it was either, you know, not go and just give up and not try, or it was just going out there and kind of like we were saying, either would you rather always lose or, or never compete? And I would have so much rather gone out there and, and fought for it regardless of what the results were. And, and it gave me the opportunity to be an inspiration and disappointment, um, which is what I really felt like awesome. I was being called to do during that time of my life is I think it's very easy to be an inspiration during times of success and during times of great accomplishments. It's, it's easy to inspire people when you're doing great and everything is going perfect. Uh, it's not easy to inspire people when your dreams have fallen apart right in front of you. And so I took that upon myself yeah. to say, you know what? Everyone fails everyone has dreams that they want to achieve that they don't. And that doesn't mean you don't try. And that doesn't mean you get down on yourself. It means that you still handle yourself in exactly the same way as if you had just won every single gold medal, like your attitude should never change regardless of what that outcome is. And so, uh, looking back on it, I'm very grateful for the, the opportunity and the learning experience that it was, but going through those games and, you know, we were joking about it earlier with the cameras being right in your face, but having to get out immediately after every race and having people, you know, ask what's wrong with you, like what's going on? Like, why aren't you doing what you're supposed to be doing? You know, like, how are you like, are you must be so disappointed in yourself and just really like just knives start and, you know, repeatedly through the entire media zone oh. and after every race to go through this and just saying like, I don't know. Like I did everything I possibly could to be here. And for some reason, like it's, it's not here and it's not happening, but I'm still doing my best and I'm trying as hard as I can to have a smile on my face through all of it. And so it's definitely not the most fun experience to go through. Oh my God. I can't imagine. Um, But looking back, it's, um, it's been incredible. The influence that it's had on my life and on me as a person. Um, and I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason and on its own time. So, um, still learning from it every day, but I think fighting through that meat, fighting to be as much of an inspiration as I still could, even though things were going the complete opposite way that I wanted them to, was probably my, my biggest never quit moment. That's a great point. I mean, I, you have the pressure of training, right? Pressure to make the Olympics, and you have the pressure to, to win the gold medal or, or to perform. Your first game's out. I mean, if you just dominate, and then when you go back, you have the exact same pressures as you had beginning, but then you have that added one, right, to repeat. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's kind of one of those deals when, when we were talking about how humble she is. When The, the athletes that stay humble, the people that, that support them, they'll always support them because they're humble, and, and it reminds them that, hey, I can do that. There's a chance I might be able to do that, too. With, when you get the cocky athlete, everybody wants them to fail. Totally. Right? Even though you rooted for them in the beginning, <laughs> right. it's once they get there, you're like, man, I don't think you're appreciating this. I want to see you get beat. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It's unbelievable. The pressure, the, the, there's just, everyone thinks just getting in the pool and swimming is that, that's the competition against uh, each other is the one thing, man. But when, when you have that added pressure having to go back in there and still carry that, that's kind of something yeah. that, that, that's supposed to fall on you with age, right? I mean, that kind of pressure falls on yeah. you with age. So, you know, like, oh, I've been in this situation. I can handle this. And you get that right out of the gate. Some, some, a lot of people crumble under that pressure. They don't perform the next game, man. That's it. It's that mental, they get that mental gap in there. And you're right. The people coming out and just like, man, that sure was a bad swim. What's the matter with you? You cramping up? Did you have a bad dinner last night? I mean, what's going on? Yeah. Like, I don't know. You know, I, I put out with everything I had. 
a lot of people forget them. I and those athletes are in there. The, the competition between the other people is one thing. The competition with us, I mean, as a country, we put that on them. Like, hey, you're representing us, man. Get in there and do what you got. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, the pedestal something is very interesting. And if, if we could just backtrack a little bit of after the London Games, obviously that had to have just flipped your life just on its end. And now all of a sudden you you – Cause you seem like the person who ap- appreciates, um, you know, the influence that you have, you really do. You, you, you don't, you don't tread lightly with it and you, you understand the power of it. And was it, who was it that helped you, uh, adapt to that level of influence and keep perspective on it after the London games? Oh my gosh. There's, there's so many people I would say, you know, it was for sure a combination of my parents, my friends and teammates and my coaches. Um, you know, those three, the people that have been with me since day one, you know, who constantly remind me like who I am and why I do what I do. I think they were there to help remind me to first and foremost, enjoy the ride, you know, like to, to think that this, this thing that I started when I was five years old that I love so much, you know, now has given me this platform of inspiration. And, you know, that is such a privilege in and of itself to just, so just soak that in and, you know, realize like what, what had happened and what I had accomplished and, you know, really appreciating the hard work that had been put into that. And, and also to remind myself, you know, that I am who I always was. It's like, nothing was different about myself, you know, three months after Rio versus three months before Rio, it was exactly the same person Mm -hmm. that I I am today and that I always will be. And, and so to have that kind of grounding, to have that kind of humility surrounding me all the time, um, it really has helped shape me to who I am today. And it's, it's all from the people who know me better than anyone else. (laughs) We, we talk about that all the time. And, and Marcus, you know, you, you just, I, I love the way you talk about how, What's the saying that you say that? Oh, they have a strength that covers down on a weakness that I possess. And I love that comment, right? And they have a strength that covers down on a weakness I possess. And and we everybody that's come on and, and dealing with their never quit moment, or like you said, your most successful moments, they always have that thing. So what were some of the things that your your parents, your coaches, and your friends and teammates would tell you even after Rio? What was some of the ideas that you gravitate towards the, that they would repeat over and over for you. Yeah. So I think one of the things that they really helped reinforce, and now it's one of, you know, the greatest things when I go talk places, when I go meet with kids, um, you know, of all ages, one of the greatest things I talk about is that you are so much greater than the one thing you identify with most. So whether that's being a Navy SEAL, whether it's being an Olympic swimmer, like you have so much more to offer than just what it is that you're best at or what it is that you're most passionate about. You have so much else that you're capable of doing. You know, there's nothing stopping you, you know, from whatever it is. So for me, like there's so many different things. And I think Rio was hard because, you know, I didn't realize how much I related my identity with swimming. And so when that was taken in such a a harsh and disappointing way away from me, it really forced me to look inside myself and say, okay, like who, who am I when I'm not successful at swimming? Who am I when I don't have this thing? That's been such a huge part of who I am my Mm -hmm. entire life. And, you know, it, it really 
was incredible. I sat back and I said, you know, I'm, I'm a daughter, like to my mom and dad, I'm a daughter of Christ. Like I'm a friend, I'm a cousin, I'm a classmate. Like I, I'm a teammate. I'm all these different things. And there's so much more that I have to offer as a person than just what I can do in a pool. And, and to have that moment, again, we go back to it just being very humbling and realizing and, and it's, it's a hard lesson to learn, but it's also a beautiful lesson to learn because you realize that you do have so much more to offer than what maybe other people just see you being able to offer. That's, I love that concept that, you're, you're more than a title. You're more than one specific act, you know? And, 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 and I think, you know, one of the beautiful aspects and what you talked about was the influence and disappointment. And it's really a unique concept mm-hmm. that for most often within the human condition happens in very private ways. And I think what's, what I, what I one of the, one of the things that I, and I'm going to shift focus a little bit over to Marcus, and one of the things that really, you know, makes me so proud to know Marcus is what he was able to do in, in, in a similar fashion with Lone Survivor and how that story really enhances people's belief that saying, hey, you know, even people that are at the pinnacle of their game fail in, in capacities much of the time by extenuating circumstances beyond their control, but if you just stay in the fight mentally and be like you're saying, Missy, who you are to your core and what you believe in and what you're faithful to, man, you can have a, a, as much of an influence as, as in that disappointment as in success. I, I, I think that's awesome, awesome uh, storyline, Marcus, and, and I, you felt that quite a bit, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. We say, don't ever let anybody's perception of you become your reality. Yeah. And I mean, if you need to take a step back and ask yourself what you are, that's okay. I mean, a lot, that happens to you when you're younger, too. And if you get in a discipline like swimming or anything that has to do with the Olympics, man, that is a focus that is unbelievable, right? So you can automatically, you get this preconceived notion that this is all that I am, but it's not, man. This is just some, you know, it's, it's, it's part of me, all right? And it, it enables me to be everything else. Well, yeah. and that, and I, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you're onto something there in, in its essence. And, and, and it's how many hours have you been in a pool? How much shriveled skin? How many aches yeah. and pains? How many early mornings? How much regulated food? How much? I mean, the, the magnitude of that effort, it, it, it's not the Olympic gold medal that defines Missy. It's it's your focus and your passion and your love and the willingness to sacrifice in all those. Oh, with the, the gold ways. medal lets everybody else know what you put in. That's when yeah. you stand up there and you yeah. put that gold medal around your neck. That's so we can all look at you and say, man, that put the work in. You can just kind of assume or that you have an understanding of what that means, but the best in the world, that's what an Olympian is. You know, you're staying up there, the best in the world, man. That's right there. And who put the word, Missy, can you help our listeners understand the power of hard work in shaping the mindset and what, you know, where, where, what reward will they feel when they start moving into that realm of sacrifice? Oh, absolutely. I mean, in my opinion, the, the harder you work, 
the easier it's going to be to have that mindset to push you forward because the more you pour yourself into something, the more you dedicate to something, the more you're willing to make sacrifices for it. Like that is just such a huge part of, of giving a piece of yourself up so you can truly do something that you know you're capable of doing. And Maybe you don't know you're capable of it. Maybe you're just hoping that you are. But the fact that you're putting yourself into this position that's giving you a chance, like that's all that matters. And and for me, you know, growing up, it was so easy to make those sacrifices and to work my butt off because I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And when you love something and when you're going into it every day, you know, saying, all right, today I have the opportunity to get better at what I love. And that is not a right there are so many people who would love to do something different than what they're doing, who would love to get better at something that they're passionate about and they don't have that opportunity. So the fact that I had that every single day, it was amazing and it was a blessing and it was something that I was never, ever, ever going to take advantage of. And so while there's, of course, like you guys know, so many mornings at 4 a.m. when the last thing I want to do is get out of bed and go jump in a freezing cold pool in Colorado. Like, those were the days where my trainer used to always tell me, Lauren Landau, he would say if some guys didn't show up to work out, he would go, oh, well, I guess they like the feeling of their pillow more than they like the feeling of success. Awesome. And it's I love that. Comfortable. It's one of my favorites. I like live by it now, but it's one of my favorite sayings that people like to be comfortable. And chances are, if you're comfortable, you're not doing it right and you're not doing enough. I love So that. it's about getting comfortable and being uncomfortable and pushing yourself to the point that's new and different for you because that's what's going to get you to places that you never even knew you were capable of being. Well, I mean, that's that's. Olympians carry a weight similar to what we carry in the military. I mean, we get up first thing in the morning before the sun's even up to go out to get into the misery to train. And then when we have to go out and perform, we're performing not in front of our, our country, but ultimately it is, right? And if we fail, it's death. If you guys fail, that feeling of letting your country, letting your country down is huge, man, on, on our part and, and y'all's, man. It's, it's that, that similar pressure is just be overwhelming, man. It's big, for sure. Yeah. I, what, what are the things... That I think that also that people, we, we've talked about the support structure in, in those trying times. We've talked about the work ethic in those trying times. Or is there, is there something that when you're, you're in the midst of the pain where your shoulders are on fire, where your back, where your eyes are burning or, and you just, you know, you got another three hours, you know, what are you saying to yourself, Missy? What is, do you have a mantra? Like Diane, Diane and I had used to talk about when the jellyfish were stinging her face and she felt like, you know, she was going to stop breathing. She'd start singing songs in her mind. She had a song she would sing or, yeah. you know, she would yeah. think of uh, uh, a particular mantra or something. Other people talk about what, you know, other powerful moments. Did you have, you have something like that you recite or you go yeah. to? Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of have two things. Um, one, of, one of them I think you guys will really appreciate, but my, my personal mantra, I can't remember who said it, but it's uh, pain is temporary and glorious forever. Yeah. And for me, <laughs> when I repeat that, it's just such, you know, especially in athletics, you know, it's such a good reminder that, Heck yeah, this hurts right now. Like everything 
saying, I can't feel my arms, I can't feel my legs, I don't have oxygen, like my body just is literally shutting down. And it's just that reminder that like, that's not going to last. Like in 10 seconds, your hand's going to be on the wall and you're going to, it's going to be gone. And like you turn around and if you see something that you've always dreamt of accomplishing, like you're not even going to remember the pain. Like it's just, it's not going to be there, but what you accomplish, like will stay with you forever. And when I was in London, um, what they did is they had every country's flag lined up above the middle of the pool and about 15 meters out, um, from the finish, they had the American flag. And I was warming up and I saw this and I was doing backstroke and I, I told myself it was the night before my 200 backstroke. And I said, you know, I'm going to be coming in. I'll be almost done. I'll be more exhausted than I've ever been in my life. But like when I see that American flag, like I'm going to remember who it is I'm fighting for, why I'm doing this and how much bigger this is than just me. And I'm going to finish this race with like all my heart and soul, like whatever it takes. That's so, awesome. Oh, I love I it. did the 200 back and I saw that flag and it was like, that was all I needed is that reminder to be like, this is, this is so much bigger than you. And like what you're feeling right now is, is nothing compared to like what this race is about to bring you, but more importantly, going to bring to other people. I, I think that's such a critical aspect to in any type of thing that you're driving towards where it, it, that it becomes bigger than you. It's not solely about yourself. Yes, it's critical to have purpose and passion and drive towards accomplishing specific goals. But if you can put some aspect of servitude behind it, like I remember my 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 first trip to Afghanistan was SEAL Team One, and we all were wearing New York City firefighter patches. And I remember before every op, we'd go out and, you know, you look down at that patch, I'd rub that patch and it was for those firefighters. It was for all those people in the towers. It was for the people at the Pentagon. And, and I've, I've heard similar stories from, you know, your and even eras after that, when you can, you can manifest effort through higher level meanings, it, you're able to really push past those. What drowns those the pain pain. out. Yeah, that's, that's what, what drowns saying. the pain out. The yeah. feeling of a well, you don't you don't even have to accomplish the mission, right? You just at the end game, you know what the end game is, and 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 once you've been there, that's the beautiful part about it too. Once you've experienced it, and it happens in training, right? Once you know what that end game is, man, the the pain that you have to go through in in the middle is is worth it because at the end of it, that accomplishment, man, just you don't even feel the pain anymore. And believe it or not, it's still there. You're like, oh yeah, man, I was dying just about two seconds ago. Like I literally felt like I was dying two seconds ago. What just happened? Because you, you know, you can't go from feeling like you're about to die and then being perfectly okay in two seconds. No, Unless, whatever the end game just flushed all that out, and that's the drug, right? That's the that that's is the, the drug. rush, man. That's yeah. what gets you back in there at that four in the morning. Like, oh. Yeah, this is terrible, man. What? Why am I doing this? And then you think back to like yesterday or something. Like, ah, oh, yep, yep, yep. I see it, man. I got it. All right, this is it's yeah. worth it. And then that that pain threshold. Each time you you fall into it and you keep pushing, you keep pushing. It actually stretches your pain threshold like Ooh, a muscle. I love that you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And then and, and how you know if you put more work in than the person next to you, man, is when you both get in. Because humans are humans. You're gonna find out who's who's trained in the pain threshold the longest. And that's when they die. And that's that's how I, our training is the way it is, right? They completely uh, wash away every like good feeling. Because from the minute we get up to the minute we go to bed, it's chaos and pain. And then you learn to thrive. You're like, hey, let's do this, baby. <laughs> I don't want to go to bed. I want to get up. I'm scared to go to bed. Yeah, totally, <laughs> right? totally. All right, this is an interesting question. I'd love to, I'd love to pivot back to you, Missy, on on pain threshold. And yeah, and, that was awesome. 
how it relates not only to obvious the the physical pain's obvious uh, you just went through two shoulder surgeries it, but more so in in the mental pain of moving through the extended period of failure like we talked about do you use the past mental pain as a motivator for what's ahead of you you know, that's an awesome question. And I, to be completely honest with you, I think I'm still figuring that out. I think I'm still trying to figure out whether or not that's going to be something that's going to help me or something that's going to hurt me. And I'm kind of giving myself the space to figure that out and just to like, let that happen. And, you know, if I'm having a hard time, you know, maybe think about the things that I've been through and think about how hard it was. And, you know, then if that doesn't always work, because sometimes that doesn't leave you with the best taste in your mouth, right? You know, <laughs> no, thinking about, sucks. all right, instead of, <laughs> right. Instead of, you know, maybe focusing a little bit too much on those disappointments, like, why do I want to do this now? Because it's the only reason why I want to do this now is so that I don't feel disappointed. In my, my mind, that's not a good enough reason. And so I need to find a reason that's like, I want to do this now because right now in this spot, I want to inspire again. I want to make a difference again. I want to be better than I ever was. And all of those are so much more than just, I want to fail. And that's the only reason why I'm still doing this. So I think it's a bit of a combination, but I think mainly it's, it's going to be a lot of me looking forward as to why I want to do this right now with who I am today versus why I would have wanted to do it six months ago. Yeah, I, I think it's important to say this too. I mean, there, there's times in, in everyone's life, especially if you if you compete at a level like everybody here, that where where you're going through all that and you're wrecking your brain for that motivating piece of whatever, uh-huh. and then sometimes it comes down and be like, ah, well, I'm just here and I can't <laughs> quit because no one will come get me, and I already started <laughs> and going, so uh, so and you're just like, I'm the one that has to do this. I, that, that's what it boils down to, man, and. I was thinking about what you're talking about. Like we went through hell week and that relative pain. Yeah. When I was in Afghanistan, I knew how long I could go. Because of that. Right. And, and that pain that we go through in our past is just something. It lets us know what we can take, not what we have to take every single day. I mean, it's kind of like driving down the road and you miss your exit. Yeah. You, you know, the next exit is 20 miles down the road. You can do it. You, you have figured out every way to either turn around or, or just suck it up and be like, all right. <laughs> Damn I'm it. in it. <laughs> Missed it again. You know what I'm talking about? And that's when you start rattling those things in your head. In your head. And it, it takes that kind of stuff, man. I mean, those people who aren't special or naturally gifted, if you're that knuckle dragger, you got to come up with that crap, man. That's, every you know, day. Every day. Every day. I mean, this is a point of no return motivation. Yeah. T- totally. <laughs> that's genius right there. It's a point of no that's return motivation. Genius. We had an op one time. Literally, the sun went down. We inserted. And rear security was still on the insertion on top of the mountain because the terrain was so bad. I, I, there was a mash chief out there who was like, I quit. <laughs> I quit right now. Damn it. Get out of here. And he goes, wait, I can't quit because I got to get out of here. It was so bad, right? And then it's just that moment you're like, man, that's when it helps to have teammates. It, totally. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Yeah. Totally. Really? Yeah. Man. Yeah. Do you have somebody right now specifically, and you don't have to name them by name if it's, it's true. Do you have somebody right now that you're bouncing these questions off of? Like maybe somebody uh, in in the athletic world or at the wait, high wait, level. Let, let, I'm yeah, sorry, let me interrupt you real quick before yeah. we go down that road. Let's find out, you know, she said that she's working on trying, you know, whether uh, that's going to be beneficial to her. What 
where are you right now, Messi, you know, mentally? What are you focusing on? What What is your approach now in this road back? I just want to hear question. that before we, you know, move further. No, absolutely. So, um, you know, it's it's a different, very different spot than I've ever been in before. You know, you mentioned it and, you know, not only am I coming off kind of the emotional injury per se of Rio, but also the, the physical as well. I just had two shoulder surgeries earlier this year and, it turns out you kind of need both your shoulders to swim. <laughs> like, who would have thought? Yeah. Um, so, like, getting back into it, it's definitely been a little bit, it's been challenging and it's been hard, but I'm in an amazing training situation right now. I'm, I'm still training at Cal Berkeley, but um, I'm training with the men's team. So it's me and 35 guys every day, and they're amazing, and they totally kick my butt, and it's awesome. Uh, and I love being pushed oh. that hard every day, and I think – you know, I've, I've taken a little time off to, to just be present and enjoy some of the things that I may not have had the opportunity to enjoy before. So I'm, I'm taking the summer off from international competition, and instead I'm going on a 10-day-long Mediterranean cruise with my parents. Yeah, which, that's like, I cool. Never, you know, like the past, you know, nine, ten years of my life, I've never, ever been able to do anything like that before. And so I think... It's yeah, really right. important for me right now in this time of my life to be normal, to be as average as possible and like have a real summer and be with my parents and spend time with them. So that way, when it is time for me to get serious again, which I, I foresee it being very soon, that I'm, I'm ready, that I'm filled up, that I've had, you know, this love and this time to really just be me and enjoy these experiences so that when I come back, I'm, I'm fresh and I'm rejuvenated and I'm ready to just work my butt off again. Uh, you can tell you love the water. I mean, oh, if I was going on vacation, damn, she wouldn't be a cruise. <laughs> I should go to the mountains. I don't know, mountains or something. Well, she lives desert. Out in the desert. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? The desert. Right? I'm there's no water, water at all. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even want a glass of water. Man, just, you know. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love it. It's that torture segment in the water that just ruined me, man. Yeah, hey, I'm with you, brother. Right? There, right? Yeah. There, you can keep it. You want to go on a cruise? No, I don't want to go on a cruise. You touched on a really, I think, uh, profound concept of refilling the soul. And when that soul gets depleted in whatever, whatever framework for a person it may be, whether it's uh, – destroyed relationship whether it's a failure professionally whether it's uh you know uh, some type of loss or or even just uh the truth of where they're at with their abilities can be very depleting and so refilling that recovery concept but on a much deeper plane uh, and so to revisit the question that i asked right before the wizard so rudely interrupted me with the best question of the, the interview so far. Uh, um, I don't know about that. Wh- what, it was awesome. What? You're awesome. Who is the person? You are awesome. <laughs> what, Missy, you're awesome. You're, Marcus, you're <laughs> awesome. You. Everyone's, <laughs> Everyone's awesome. Awesome. <laughs> M- Missy, who, where are you? Re- who's the, who are the people that are refilling that, that reservoir for you right now? You know, there's, there's a lot, um, right now, those people are the people who see me as so much more than just Missy the swimmer. Um, so, you know, that's talking about people who just love me for exactly who I am. And if I decided to give up the sport tomorrow, which I won't, but they, they would be the people that would 
not be any less a part of my life or would love me any less that they, they see my value is so much more than that. And so I think I needed some of that from them and to spend time with them. And they've been so gracious to, to give me some of that and help me fill up. And, and then I get it from, from different places. You know, I think we go back to having that balance and I talk to people in the swimming world who have gone through something similar to see how they handle it. I talk to people who have no idea how to swim about what I'm going through and what their experiences are. And, you know, just, just having, I think different people to get opinions and bounce it off of, um, really helps you kind of form your own personal perspective on it and helps you get through it. So I'm very fortunate to have literally the best support system ever in my life. Awesome. Mm. All right. So in this downtime, what are the things that, uh, that are in your life that give you joy like swimming does? Or, you know, what are your hobbies? What are the stuff you like to, what type of books do you like to read? What, what music are you listening to? What shows are you binge watching on Netflix? What is Missy's life look like outside of the pool? Which, you know, is, is, a, is, is a big part of who you are and your character as, you know, in its totality. Mm, good question. Yeah, absolutely. So normally it's almost entirely taken up with school. Um, so I still have a year left at Berkeley and it just, oh my gosh, it wrecks me. Um, so I love going to school. I learned so much, but it's one of the most challenging things. You know, Berkeley is amazing, but it's so tough. So uh, normally that's what I'm doing other than swimming. But during the summer, when I have a little bit of a break, um, I, I still love to learn. Um, but I, I kind of like to learn different things. So I, um, you know, being a, a Christian is the most important things. It is the most important thing in my life. And so Amen. I love to read books and, you know, go through and, you know, whether it's, you know, different topics or, you know, different Bible studies. And I love mentoring the people and, um, you know, being there for them and helping them in their walk with Christ. You know, I never feel like I'm doing anything that will be more meaningful than when I'm doing something like that. So I love taking the time to do that and just grow in my faith and grow in my relationship with God. And I, I love to eat. So I love going to new restaurants and like trying new food and exploring the areas that I'm in. Like just really, I love adventures, I love adventures with new people and, and, and with new food and with, you know, just being able to go out and have a great time and just let life happen wherever you're at. That's cool. I'm assuming that, you know, you're, you're inquisitive at high levels with other people and that you're fascinated by their stories as well as you just, you kind of exude that 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 desire to want to learn about others. I mean, that's part of the great humility of of true champions. Um, yeah. If you uh, tell us a little bit more about the the interacting with children and and those influences, I know it's one of those things that really has a lot of passion. You mentioned it a bunch of times. There's a lot of stuff online available about it. Can you teach us a little bit about what it is you're doing with kids and why it's so meaningful for you? Yeah, absolutely. So like one of the first things anyone knows about me is that I am obsessed with babies and kids. Like <laughs> obsessed. Like I have this serious problem where I will touch like random strangers, babies in public. And I have to remember that that's like super creepy and not okay. And I can't do that. And like, if people ever come up and like ask me to hold their child and take a picture, like, 
they don't realize that they're not getting their child back. Like, they, like, <laughs> I like, I love them. And so just getting to spend so much time with them, a lot of the stuff that I'm doing um, as a part of, you know, different foundation, USA Swimming Foundation, you know, Safe Splash Schools is essentially just getting kids in the water and teaching them how to swim. I'm really fortunate that I'm in the only sport that will save your life and the only sport that you can do for the rest of your life. Amen. And so the fact that I get to go out and, and give lessons, you know, drowning is an epidemic in our country. It's unbelievable. I think it's upwards of nine people drown every single day. Wow. Which as a swimmer is just so heartbreaking because like that is so preventable. It's so preventable. And so a lot of the work that I do it's just going into different areas and, and visiting different swim clubs who are really trying to make a difference with getting kids involved in swim lessons and providing discounted or free cost swim lessons to communities that may not have been able to afford them. And, and just getting in the water with kids and seeing how much fun they have and their love for it. And it's, it's awesome. I, I get to combine two of my greatest passions, so I couldn't be more fortunate. That's cool. That's really cool. Well, I got a question real fast. I know a lot of times... We- People are watching the Olympics. Like, how, how do you even get into that? I, I would imagine some people are like, I, it's not even in my area to even start training to compete to even to get to that to that platform. I mean, is that true? Is it? Is, yeah. it, is it's hard to make the games, but see, is is it difficult to even find a place to start training to where you can compete to get there? You know, it, it's very unique and it's different for every sport. Um, so I, oh my gosh, I've been swimming in Colorado my whole life. Um, they have different kind of swim clubs across the country where you can go. But if you look at the national team, like everyone is so spread out and everyone is at their own clubs, with their own teams. Like there's not really one or two places. We have the Olympic training centers that you can go and train at, but a majority, especially of swimmers don't live there full time and actually train there. Um, so a lot of it is just finding a place that works best for you and whatever makes you happy. And, you know, growing up being a swimmer in Colorado, a lot of people were telling me like, you need to move. Like you're with this coach that, you know, was just started, you know, and you know, he's never done this, done that. Like you need to be in California or Florida or swim state. And, you know, my parents and I would just look at them and be like, it's working. Like, why would we go anywhere? Like, Like, why should we change that? And so I think a huge, I love it is staying true to who you are and, and, you know, finding, finding what you need and making the most out of it. But it is. So I, I was fortunate enough that at seven years old, I found the coach that would take me through both of my Olympic games. Um, that's incredibly rare. Uh, but I think, you know, it does, it comes down to just putting yourself in a situation where you're able to get what you need. That's cool. That's really cool. Well, all right. So, I, you know, we've been on for quite a bit of that now, and I know you're probably got to go, you know, prepare for your next meal or wherever you're going to go party tonight. I don't know. But so, so before you jump off, what, what are the things we, we – there are a couple – just two final things is, is if the person that's sitting listening to you, whether they're driving in their car or they're, they're in the gym or wherever they are and they're listening to your interview now – is there a couple takeaways, two or three things that you believe can be kind of the spark for them or that you've utilized in your life and that you, you feel that it are accessible to all of us? What, what are some of those things that you, you think would be beneficial for a person to begin thinking about, acting on, and just to get that never quit mindset going? 
Yeah, you know, I think two of them, you know, one of one of which we really touched on a lot before, but it's being just as much of an inspiration and disappointment as you are in success. Um, I think that just expands on so many different levels, whether it's family, whether it's work, whether you got a promotion or you didn't get a promotion, you know, whether it's, it's so many different things where we fail and succeed in different areas of our life. And I think, you know, one of the greatest challenges we have as human beings and people is, is to still be the people that we want to be when things don't go our way, because that's incredibly hard and that's a huge challenge. And I think just letting people know that it's it's not easy for anyone to to be humble and to not ball their eyes out when you know everything <laughs> is just a mess like but still doing your best to keep a smile on your face and trying to inspire and and show that strength that you have and to share it with everyone that's around you and you know I think my other one you know just with how my career has gone is that you know, you may not know when or where your dreams will come true, but you just always have to believe that they will. And if you do, like that will take you wherever you want to go. Like I could have never, ever in a million years imagined at 17, I was going to be leaving my first Olympic games with four gold medals. I mean, it's just like at 17, like I never, ever, like maybe later in my life. Sure. But you're never too young. You're never too old. Like they're, is always an opportunity for you to accomplish something that you've always wanted to. And if you believe in yourself and if you're willing to fight for it, then there's literally nothing else that can stop you. I love it. I love it. Well, I, you know, Missy, I want to just to wrap it up one first off in, in my estimation, y- your real career is, is just going to get bigger and bigger. The, 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 the power and the impact that you have on people is will in the serve service to God and what you're going to be able to accomplish in your life beyond your swimming is going to dwarf your greatest accomplishments, Mayor, because of who you are as a person. And it, and I hope our listeners hear that clearly that, you know, great successes are a vehicle to bigger and better things in a higher level purpose. And Missy, I believe that your greatest accomplishments are yet to come. And so that being said, I also want to thank you for representing our country in the most incredible, you know, poised, humble, amazing level out of almost any athlete I've ever had the, the privilege to watch over all the Olympics I've watched. And it is a true honor and privilege to call you uh, an American patriot and an American hero and, and just thank you so much for the thousands and thousands of hours you've put in to make <laughs> this country better. So thank you. Oh my gosh. I, that coming from you guys, it means the world because I honest to goodness, I couldn't do what I do without people like you. I mean, you give me a free country to represent and because of that, I've been able to live out my dreams. So it is honestly because of our military and the men and women that fight for us every single day that I even get to wear an American flag on my cap. So uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys for the hours that you've put in to protect us and to serve and to do everything that you guys do. It's, it's, it's truly, that's, that's what being a hero is all about. And it's inspiring more than you know to me and, and to so many, so many people. Awesome. Well, I tell you what, here's, cool. here's the deal. Here's the deal. When you win in that next Olympics, no pressure, no, no, no pressure at all. None. We want to have you come back on and tell your greatest 
never quit story oh, again. Man, hear that story. What do you think? Is done. that a deal? Done, done, done and done. Awesome. <laughs> God bless you so much, Missy. Thank you. Praying for you. Likewise. You guys are such a pleasure. Truly, it was such an honor meeting you guys. And thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. <laughs> Take care. God bless you. Take care. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye, wizard. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Marcus, Wizard, I, I know I say this every so often, but that young woman humbled me. The, her poise and presence and maturity and wisdom it is... You know, people throw out that much energy. They're, fu- they're absolutely fun to be around, no matter what you're doing. You, were you watching her? Because every time it looked like she was fixing to open up a present. When, when she sits around like, and gets fired Oh, my up. God. <laughs> I love hanging around people like that, man. Because it's just like, no matter what you're doing, you're like, ah, man, because fire. The, Look how fired up they are, man. What because are the yeah, press. It's true. it's true. It's like that magnetic personality. Yeah. You want to take them when you know something's about, yeah, this could go probably whatever. So they just make life fun. Yeah, let's bring in the. I love it. I love it. I, I think for me, listening to that woman is really and and we we talked about it and i i, I think we're going to continue talking about it was the influence and disappointment and and being able to you know and her, yeah, her the the always she said always be an inspiration in your failure like you are in your success that was that's heavy it's deep that was incredible and i mean she's performed it on the world stage literally the world stage and and, I was and super also impressed by that. it's not like she won you know, one gold medal in London, or she won five medals, four golds at 17. And set world records. And still possesses some of them and comes back and, and has has what happened, man. I mean, I, I just, I, I, man, it's That's awesome. a great way to describe a champion, right? It is. How you oh, act yeah. in victory is how you act in defeat kind of deal, man. And we it, and that, that's funny because we all look for that. We're, we're waiting. We're waiting to see... Do you complain? Do you make an excuse? And and remember, and, I mean, and the levels start going down immediately, right after the right after the event, after everything's said and done, man. We want to hear what comes right out of your mouth, and that literally is going to take you up a notch or take you down one, right? Total heavy breathing and in profound statements, yeah, right? Man. Well, it's interesting, and one of the things that Wizard you had found right before in an interview, she posted on Twitter a couple months ago, before when she had her soldier surgery, said she was worried that that to come out with the surgeries and fear of that she, her fans might believe that was the reason she didn't perform. She was injured. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm and, talking about. Yeah. See, you know yeah. what I mean? And, <laughs> and, and she was adamant at saying that is not why I didn't perform. I just wasn't there. I just didn't have it on that day. And, and that's what blows my mind. Cause when you look, think about swimming, the thousands of repetitions The I mean, it's, endless the time the the time invested in, in at that level swimming. isn't that the craziest thing crazy. man is that you i mean it, it does it for us too man and that's why it's so important to have your teammates because no matter how hard we train how many millions of times we do something sometimes man the feeling didn't show up yeah right you know what i mean it's like i i'm here man i know how to do all this but then there's sometimes when we're doing our deal where you i mean we're love right the, the energy's flowing man where you don't have to talk. Nothing, and it's just, man. It's just gone. changes and transitions. That's and, when we break. Right, I, mean, we do, I mean, we do some gnarly stuff. And then there's that day, man, where you, it's where like, you oh, suck. Man, what the hell is nothing, going on? Nothing flows. 
right? The flow state. I love that. Just Thanks nothing, for nothing flows. The wizard. What did you take most away from Missy's interview? Outside of what we already just talked about, I think it was you asked her or said mentioned her smiling because uh, that's something we read. It was in, in our research yeah. that she does always. And then I was like, why do you do that? I wanted to hear a reason behind it. And I thought it was just so interesting how her answer spoke to, I think, her approach yeah. to why she does what she does. And I think it spoke to the attitude that she's carried through this difficulty, what got her uh, to that to so much success and what just continues to move her forward. I, I was really impressed by that. Marcus. You kept talking about this. Uh, and I love saying this to you, man, I'm an adventurer by nature too. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think there's no more treasures out there. There's no more adventures or getting on a ship and, and sailing into something unknown. Well, man, walk outside and take a left instead of a right. That kind of thing, man. I dig it. And if you, if you wake up thinking every morning, man, something great's going to an adventure. We're going to make something out of this. You know how it is. When we're all together, man. You know, something's going to go down. <laughs> and because we know that, we, we put every, all the energy into it to make it the best time we can absolutely have. And that's why our stories are so epic. I, I like where you're going. I think the fun of life and, and how we share that, that's the adventure, right? And she, and she, she has, exudes you, that. I mean, there's people that, that go through a, uh, just a second of, of the the bad stuff she's going through, and it ruins them for life. Right? They don't walk, they walk around with a frown or head down. They just quit. Like, it's, oh, quit. And, man, she just... Mm. Full of, just ready to get back in there. And, and, and that goes to the point to where, man, I, I didn't come in here to beat you. I came up here to see you try to beat me, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. going to have a fun time doing this, right? And I'm going to put out with everything I had. And uh, we talked about it a little bit. It's, you know, when you're on that stage representing the country, you know, some of our countrymen don't think some of the stuff's funny that we do. Right. You know what I'm talking about? You're dealing with personalities when I it comes. I think that's a lot of people. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, hey, I, I, that's why there's different, there's different TV shows for different people. But when right. it comes to the Olympics, there is different sports. But ultimately, you're an Olympian. You got you represent all of us. That's Amen. why when they screw up over there, it's such a big deal. Yep. Like, what? Who's, what some people are like, that's not a big deal. But, you know, hey, go further down the line over there. It'll be a big deal to somebody. For but sure. She, knowing that they carry that. At 17, God, man, remember, we talk about this all the time. 17 years old, dude. <laughs> I wasn't ready to walk around with a metal around my neck. Negative. <laughs> I, I shouldn't have even had car keys, you know? Yeah. Well, I, you know, for me, the greatest takeaway all, is, is just her energy and, and the fact that, you know, just her ability to stay positive and to have that energy, to recognize the power of influence, in particular from her parents, from God, that's just an important thing, I think, in the never quit mindset is that you you have to be grounded in something that enables you to endure, whether it's the discipline of training, whether it's the brutality of failure on the big stage, or or it's just the 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 pain, the physical pain that is affiliated with hard work and failure and all those things. So th- the fact that she is who she is and has that spirit, man, it, it's it's infectious to me i think it I says a lot about the olympics too man is that it doesn't matter if it's a male or a female competing or the, whatever the sport is man we're you know most of the time we're locked in oh yeah same thing kind of like with world cup like, i don't watch soccer at all but that world cup comes on i can't help I, man i don't know what it is it's the country, I think, well, as it's represented. I mean, I'm in there, dude. Got to root for the home team. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. No matter what the sport is, yes. exactly. Hey, it right. could be eating yes. hot dogs. Hey. I'm gonna yeah. be rooting for right. the guy. Right. Right. The dude, that one giant, that one Oriental guy. Man, it's hot like, dogs. I could oh. not care about gastro Olympics or gastro athletes. Yeah, gastro athletes. I tell you what, if it's international, if it's international, I care. Oh, 
and I'm going to have my USA flag around my what's shoulders. Up? What's up? <laughs> what are y'all doing right, here? What do you right. mean, what are we doing here? What are I, we not doing here? Why isn't everybody here? I, on that note, let's shift. Let's shift to, a, again, talking to the people that we love so much, and that's our listeners and our fans. And just thank you so much for for who you are and that you keep coming back to this podcast. That is certainly why the three of us do it. You are the inspiration for us. You are the reason why we go out and we find people like Missy Franklin to come on to help you, to help inspire you to overcome the obstacles in your life, to, to face the grace adversities, to, to push yourself in the combat of life and to find that never quit spirit. And, and, and because of you, we, we were so blessed to be able to do this and to, to have fun doing it and to experience what we experienced. Now, we always ask that if you have a particular story, you, the listener, something that is meaningful and powerful and, and, or just something that an experience you went through that could be shared and be beneficial to our, the rest of our teammates who are listening to the team never quit podcast, please write in. So today we want to share one of those with you. We want to mm-hmm. share this great story and, 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 and wizard. I, I think when you found this one, one, man, this was, this was really good. I agree with you. It, it's, it's not, there's not a lot to it, but there it's poignant and powerful, and it gives you a, a true essence of who this person is and and what's in the future to come for her. So, let me let me read this for you. My name is Hannah. I'm a law law enforcement officer in rural Wyoming. It's my dream job. I spend summers driving, hiking, and four wheeling in the woods for patrol and spend my winters patrolling by snowmobiles and skis. I just wanted to thank all of you who do the tune never quit podcast, Marcus, Rut, wizard, all guest hosts and everybody else involved. The T and Q podcast is the best motivational badass pick me up. I've ever found somehow somewhere in my that life. Nice. I just, that was good. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Huh? Good, right? Yeah. It's awesome. I went rolled. Oh, she's, we should hire her. We should. She could write co- good, content right? for us. <laughs> Hannah, stand by for a follow-up email. Stand right, by. So, hold on. Let me get back. Somehow, somewhere in my life, I discovered a never-quit mindset. It got me through field training and some pretty intense and stressful moments, but it really came into play in my life a year and a half later. Last fall, while on duty, I was dealing with a subject who suddenly became increasingly aggressive angry and borderline assaultive for a bit of perspective. I'm a pretty tiny chick five, four and pretty damn skinny. And this guy was literally nearly twice my size and solid as a rock, a taser deployment, a vehicle, a vehicle pursuit and lots of slightly profanity lace shouting at gunpoint. And I finally got my guy into custody. My backup got there five minutes later after I had the suspect in cuffs. My brother in blue had to drive 90 miles an hour for over 30 miles to get to me. I work my butt off for the job I have, and I truly feel like I'm making a difference. But last fall's incident was a little bit of a bump in the road. It is a little bit of a wake-up call when all of a sudden you're convinced you might die. And die at the hands of a man twice your size in the middle of the woods and in the dark. But I'm not going to stop dealing with bad guys. 
just because one gave me a bit of a scare. The TNQ podcasts were a perfect motivator and inspiration for me after that incident. I know they will, they will continue to be. They instill an even deeper never quit mindset and more motivation to work even harder, whether it be at training or at the gym or every day on patrol. So that I'm better prepared to take on the next great challenge that comes my way. I'm so thankful for y'all and your dedication and passion for sharing stories of ordinary people with extraordinary mindset who do incredible things. God bless and keep up the good work. Hannah, thank you for writing in. Yep. Really appreciate mm-hmm. it. When, when you hear that, I mean, it, it, it's, it's about the fear we face, right? And, and how we use that fear to get back in the fight to make ourselves better, whether it's a little bit at a time or, or, or it's a lot depending on, on how our world work for it. So yeah, whether, that, whether it's a high stress situation or if it's just getting out of our comfort zone on a daily basis, you know, try absolutely. something new, try something new. So thank you for writing in. Thank you to everybody else. Again, if you, if you want to participate, it's simple. Go to, go to the TNQ podcast.com webpage and submit your story if it's awesome or it really moves us, we're going to read it on air. And Marcus, if it's a, if it's awesome and off the charts, what happens then? Bring them in here and look at them. We're, we're going we're gonna to get them on with yep. us, man. We're going to get you on with us to have you tell your story. We're going to drill down on you like we did, Missy, and all our other guests. So, so keep them coming. If you're also a big fan and, and you're listening, you're downloading on iTunes or SoundCloud or all, Google Play, what we could, what we ask of you, the three of us and the rest of the team here, is tell somebody, tell somebody you know that's struggling, tell somebody that you know that needs a boost, that that's searching for that one little piece, that one little spark that's gonna push them outside that comfort zone and help them, you know, get better at life, to 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 take on those hardships and and do it with a smile on their face, like Missy Franklin. Mm. So I just want to say, as we sign off, I want to say I'm thankful for God almighty. I'm thankful for my girls. I'm thankful to all of you, the two of you and and doing this with me. I'm thankful to be back. And, and I just want to say, I'm thankful for the listeners for the, for sharing with us these stories and to keep inspiring us to do this. Marcus, what are you thankful for? I, I, I loved having her on, man. Me too. Yeah. You know, we were talking about one of those, that best way I can describe it, you know, that bubbly personality, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All that energy comes out and gets you in a good mood no matter what, man. So thanks for coming on and doing that. And just, just like you said, Rep, man, thanks to everybody to come back on here and, uh, and keeps listening to us and, and allowing us to do this and meeting these people. I mean, I, we sat back and thought about that, what yeah. we get to do. It's cool. I mean, is that, it is it's, amazing. It's unbelievable, right? man. It's super cool. It's, <laughs> Today, today we're going to sit down and just talk to one of the most interesting, I was, amazing I, I was people on the planet. Earlier, man. I was back no there big work, deal. I was back there working, and I was in the middle. And you know how we are, man. We get fired into something. I didn't want to leave. Yeah. And then uh, I was like, man, dang it, dude. And I, I stepped back. I was like, wait a minute, man. I, Missy Franklin's coming on. I can talk to her. That's what we get to do. <laughs> I get to go. I get to run in the house and hang out because I can see. I was staring at her. And man, that's just a blessing, dude. I, I know that. I, I just, I, man, I, I'm walking around like a. I got grinning like a shit-eating bug. I mean, I, you know, I, 
I shouldn't have said that, but I <laughs> pull that one out. It's cool, man, right? Yeah. It blows me away. It's I, awesome. I, I mean, I'm staring back over at you, man. I can stare back through my past and, yeah. and all the different way, you know, just the way we look. And just to be able to sit up here and do that and the people allow us to do that, man, that, that's a blessing in itself, man. So thanks for that. And uh, I'm out. I'm out.